the optimal life. Dr. Doug, how are you, sir? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing, man? Uh, I'm doing fine. So I see that you're featured in all these different publications. You've got Business Insider, USA Today, Q, Forbes, ABC 2020, Barbara Walters, uh, Wall Street Journal, Men's Journal, Men's Health. It, the list goes on and on. The Washington Post. Uh, what, what makes you so special? Why does everyone want a piece of you? You know what? I'm just an ordinary guy from Iowa, but I got dropped into this very special position where I've kind of found what is like the gold mine. You remember the gold rush? What is that? It was that 1849, something like that. So I found this, I found this unique niche that there are a lot of other plastic surgeons, like 1,200 plastic surgeons, and then another, you know, million uh, doctors. I found a very specific niche that no one ever, no one else cared about, and I think it's one that's good, that's rapid, rapidly growing. And I just happen to be the guy that fall into that pit, uh, and I love it. So I specialize in men's aesthetic plastic surgery, and it's just an area that no one else cared about, and there are just so many people interested in, and that's why I think so many uh, media outlets uh, were covering it. What made you want, did you know when you were in medical school, hey, I want to get into male aesthetics or how did that come Absolutely about? Absolutely not. Zero, none of that. I, w I wanted to be a cardiac surgeon. And so I was studying for that. <laughs> and then I went to just a fantastic general surgery program called NYU, New York University. And they had a really good cardiac program. I really liked it, but they had the top, most top-notch um, uh, plastic surgery program. They still do. They did, they did one of the first, uh, the first uh, full face transplant a couple of years ago. Amazing. Dr. Rodriguez, uh, our, our chairman. So I went this fantastic place and they were doing amazing things in plastic and reconstructive surgery. And I saw, you know, the guys over in the cardiac service, I loved it. It was great. But one guy said every morning, time to make the donuts, which meant back then, that's an old phrase. It means we're going to get up and we're going to do the same thing. And in plastic surgery, it was a different thing every day. It was so varied and so interesting. And it had an artistic side of it, a technical side of it. And it was just fascinating. So I decided that's what I wanted to do. I looked at your website, and we're going to get into some of this. And I was I was browsing around beforehand, and I'm on it actually right now as we speak. And if you go to your website, maleplasticsurgerynewyork.com, it is full of so many different procedures, so many different yeah. options. I mean, from face to body, I don't even know where to start. I guess here's a here's a good, here's a good start, doctor, uh, of when it comes to these procedures. Where is the most unique? place that you've put filler on a man uh i did it today i would say uh this is a medical term and his wienerhofen <laughs> uh yeah we put it in this uh can i say the p word you could say it absolutely okay so we put it in his midsection in his penis so that i would say that's probably the un most unique area but we, i mean we put it everywhere we put it with what i call the male model makeover so that's high cheekbone jawline chin because you know what happens man when you turn when you're growing older or when you're 18 you look pretty good you know you're young you're looking pretty, but these guys they don't really look great they don't really look sexy until they're 28 years old because they're full facial bony structure grows out when they're 28 but what happens your 28th birthday what happens you look fantastic 28th birthday is mother nature starts 
receding. Your mandible, your chin, it all starts evaporating. So if I had two skulls, 28-year-old and an 82-year-old, you'll see this beautiful, sexy mandible. And on the 82-year-old, you'll see it all resort back to a tiny little toothpick. So we do a lot of filler in those areas to mimic that beautiful, gorgeous jawline in older guys or younger guys that weren't quite born with it. And that helps them give a much more structured, a much more kind of movie style look. So when a guy wants to get filler in his midsection, we're in yeah. the jewel section. We're back to the penis. I yeah, I'm just fascinated by this, man. I, <laughs> I, I, I don't see. know. What is what is going on? What is the, How do they come to you? Why are they wanting to do this? Uh, uh, they Jewish guys. <laughs> I'm just, uh, hey, listen, I can say that I'm Jewish, so it's, it's okay. I can, I can, I can hear that because everyone thinks I'm Jewish, but I'm not. I, I was an Altabio when I grew up. I just have one of those perfect Jewish sounding names like Steinbrack. They're like, is he? Isn't right. he? He's got they still like, yeah, it's good enough. They let me pass. I don't think they would have let me in NYU otherwise. But the the thing is, is why do you guys come for that? They see, they they hear about it. They see it on the website. They come and they do other procedures and they ask if we do that. And so um, that's that's how it all started. And uh, then they, they hear from a friend uh, about the great results and they like it. And it's not always a guy that has like a teeny tiny, the guy today was like, he was rocking and rolling. He was already in, you know, in good shape. He just wanted to kind of like, you know, when you go to McDonald's and you get your food, and you don't want to supersize it. That's what he was looking <laughs> for doing. Like his Big well, Mac was just fine. You know, that's the that's kind of the issue that I'm looking at here, too, is because yeah. regardless of where you're getting the filler, regardless of where you're getting the surgery, where you're getting the operation, when is enough enough? Like, hey, this guy, you said he was fine, but he needed a little bit more. So how do you how do you walk that, right. that tightrope? Yeah, first, you don't want to do too much because uh, everything I do, my name goes on it. My name goes on your face. My name goes on your abs. My name goes on your biceps. It goes on your chest. So that my reputation is more important. You know, I want to do what the patient wants, but I have to do what's safe for the patient, what's safe for the patient's tissues, and I have to do what's aesthetically makes sense. So I'm not going to put my name on anything that looks cartoonish or ridiculous because it's not good. I don't care about how much pain or how many times you're Amex or anything like that. We have more than enough surgery. It's not about, at this point, it all, whatever comes in, we're just fine. You know, the family's fine. Everything's paid. We're good. At this point, I just do what I want to do. And I want to, it's more about the art of it. And it's more about making patients happy. But I, a lot of times I have to draw the line. Sometimes people are getting a little bit too much or they're asking for too much, or I have to say, no, I have to say that's not aesthetically. I don't think we're a good match. And then immediately they want to pay you twice as much to do what they want. Of course, I still say no uh, because I have to protect our brand, our value, my my values, and I also don't want any weird looking stuff walking down Park Avenue. Right, and that, or in Beverly Hills, we're in Beverly Hills, so Beverly Hills, you'd be walking down Rodeo, and in Chicago, you'd be walking down North Michigan because we have three offices and we're moving into three more. Yeah, to me, that's the issue. It's like it becomes. In my, from my perspective, it becomes a mental, it becomes like a mental issue that you see it with women. And I assume you see it with men too, where they go, they start out and it's innocent and it's one procedure here and it's one there sure. and it's one. And next thing you know, several years later, you're looking at a Barbie doll that she looks nothing like she used to look like. And I'm sure no. you've and, got some cases too. 
And Nate, you know, sometimes they can look paradoxically older than what they really are. I had a woman in, out in Southampton. I was at some fancy uh, movie party. And afterwards, I saw this woman. I was like, oh, no, she cannot stand next to me because she people might think that I did her. And <laughs> they said, so one of my friends said, that's so-and-so. She's going to find you. She can smell a plastic surgeon in a party like from 50 feet. Sure enough, she found me. She's like, oh, someone over there said that you're a plastic surgeon, everything like this. And she said, would you help me out? And I said, first of all, girlfriend, you got to let all that stuff melt away. I said, if you really believe in me, let it melt away for six months. And then we'll talk about like doing a little spackling here, doing a little cheekbone here. That is it. But I'm not going to puff you out like, you know, like stay puff, uh, puff boy. And you know what? She did it. She six months later, she came back and she deflated and she looked younger because she was actually only a 48-year-old woman, but with all the fillers, she looked like an 85-year-old woman mm. trying to look like she was 26. You know what I'm saying? Yes, I do. I know exactly what you're saying. It looks terrible. Yeah. I mean, there is a point. It looks, it looks and, horrible. And there's a point, too, doctor, where there's a point of no return. And to me, that's the saddest thing that I see in, in your industry is that you right. have somebody that just wasn't happy with the way they looked. I, to me, it is a mental. It's a mental issue. It's it a, is. It's an image, and there's there's a name for it. It's called body dysmorphic syndrome (BDS), and it's a real thing. And people lose that perspective. You've seen that cartoon where they look in the mirror and they see a totally different version of what they are. And these people, you have to help them uh, uh, seek help. And the other thing is, they go to predatory dermatologists or plastic surgeons or facial plastic surgeons or eye surgeons, whatever. I'm not saying that any any core person is worse than another one. It could be primary care physician, emergency room. I saw a person do it. But the problem is they go to people that don't have good, that aren't as busy and they're predatory and they'll look for one person and they'll just pound them out. Uh, there's some dermatologists and they, they hire and fire their doctors based on how many boxes on the Friday practice. They have the Friday meeting and if you didn't sell your 100 boxes, that's what the syringes come in, you're out and we're going to find another mommy germ from the Upper East Side. We're going to move her in because all of our girlfriends and her new connections and she's going to take your spot. It is mm. really, really can be um, an unfortunate situation. So getting back to your practice, talk, talk about the, the top three things that your male patients yeah. um, typically want you to do. Yeah. First thing is uh, body banking. And that's what I do is I take all out all the bad fat. Now, Nate, I know you have a perfectly sculpted body, yes. like you're ripped. But let's imagine for one moment that you had like a little spare tire, you had a little fat around the middle. So what I do is I suck out all that fat from your love handles, your flanks, from your belly. I take it from the inner thighs, I, from the man boobs. I take it all out and then I put it all together. I like, isolate the cells for structure and volume and then I reintroduce them to your shoulders, upper inner chest traps. That's what we call the triple play or if you want a more athletic butt, we call that a Brady bunch. A Brady butt, a body banking quarterback butt lift. And then those cells live there. They're banked there now. So you're from now, when you're watching Netflix having a bowl of ice cream, the carbs and the calories from the ice cream don't 
find other fat cells, usually visceral fat. It's your insurance policy, so it doesn't come back as visceral fat. We see people come back nine months pregnant because it was never the cells were never banked. So those calories and the carbs from the Netflix ice cream make your shoulders wider, they lift your chest, and they make your traps pop, and they don't come back as visceral fat. So that's called no body fat. That's my number one. Oh, Wait it really second. works. Let me just stop you, Doc. Let me stop you because okay. that's fascinating. Right. That is absolutely fascinating. What did you say that was called at the beginning? Body kind of banking. Body banking. Body banking because we're banking. We're parking the cells for structure and volume in a desired. We're taking from an undesired area like clay, like a sculptor takes the clay. He doesn't just take it and throw it in a bucket. He puts it to a desired area to create a more artistic. So somebody that's got that lazy. Product. Somebody that's got that lazy fat around the midsection, you can take that lazy yep. fat. And that yep. fat is what you're saying when you're eating unhealthy or you're putting sugar or calories. That fat is the type of fat that's typically, uh, it's stubborn. It doesn't want to leave the body. It's actually expanding. Yep. And you're saying that it's actually now, you're putting it into areas where you don't mind the expansion? Absolutely. That gives that beautiful, that's the clay that we use. So we have these guys that come in and they have, they come in a year later and they have not beautiful wide shoulders, nice cleavage to their chest and these traps that pop. I mean, they just look fantastic and wow. they can relax with their diet. So they don't have their girlfriend, their boyfriend, their, their husband, their wife telling them what to eat. You can't eat that. You can't. Well, no, the doctor said, that if I want my shoulders to be broader, I'm going to eat this bread or I'm going to have that pasta or I'm going to have that dessert. doesn't mean wow. we tell people to eat bad food. We want good, clean carbs, but you don't have to be on that keto diet, the paleo diet. You don't have to be on that. You can have, you can relax and you can have dessert because it's just going to make your shoulders wider. Jeez, man. Your it really works, Dave. Off I'm the telling hook. you. That's crazy. I'm telling that's you. Crazy. That's why we're. That's why well, we're you, operating on Good feel, Friday. I feel, Doctor uh, Doctor Doug, yeah. there is a there is a downside risk, right? Because aren't you potentially motivating people to almost not be motivated to take care of themselves? I'm just going to go to Doctor Doug. No, 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 no. And I'll tell you why. I will tell. I'll fight that every single time. Because first of all, we don't take people that don't go, you know, that don't want to go to gym. Anytime I hear somebody, oh, I don't go to gym. That's why I'm here. I don't want to go to the gym. I say, I correct them. I say, we're here to make your gym body look good and the gyms to make our, our body look good on you. That means uh, that we think that, uh, we think that exercise is key. We think it's necessary. It's a part of your life. And this is not, and this is where trainers actually like us because we don't, we get more people excited about their trainer and excited to improve on the result. It's like when you go to a really good hairstylist, all right? Do you go to a really good hairstylist so that you can stop washing your hair? No, you go to a really good hairstylist and that inspires you to keep your hairstyle, to use all the right products to keep, you've invested so much into it to keep it look as good as you can and it's the same thing and well I tell you see people, my hairstyle so you know the answer I, i'm digging your hairstyle yeah I, and yeah. you're keeping it real that's so i that's think the, it's that's beautiful. the best that's the best hairstylist in the world gillette <laughs> it makes it easy um okay well i understand what you're saying and i think the gym thing is important too again back to the mental health piece and, and you know body yep. the body image kind of stuff 
Yeah, um, and so Nate, I just want to say one more thing. We have guys that never worked out in their life, and their boyfriend's saying, can you make my boyfriend work out? Can you make or some wife's coming in? Can you make my husband work out? He's never. So we, we get him jacked up. We take out, this is the other thing, torso tuck. I'm going to get that. That's the second most popular thing. We tuck the shirt into the pants. So we reset the tissues for the rest of your life. And when we get these guys that are 55, 60 years old, have never gone to the gym in their life, and they're going to the gym three times a week with a trainer for the first time, and their spouses cannot believe it. Wow. Torso tucks. Torso so that's tuck. for guys to ha now have a muffin top because they really let it go, or they love massive weight loss patients. That's why the Chicago office is such a success. I'm from the I'm from Iowa. I'm from the Midwest. I can say a lot of potatoes out there, a lot of people eating a lot of potatoes, and a lot of weight loss. Okay, so when you lose that weight, you have that apron of skin hanging out. You got that. You got that muffin top. Well, we trim that off with a 270 torso tuck, 200, 270 degrees or a 360 all the way around. Take out all that good fat, that clay. We body bank it into your butt up into the triple play. And then it, your, your tissues, you have to go to our website, look at our torso tucks, look at our body banking. We don't do, just do liposuction. Liposuction is only half of the procedure. It's only right. half the procedure. We put it all back in. And, and speaking well, our of goal is a total torso transformation. That's what we want, Nate. I had a question about, uh, doctor. I had a question about liposuction. Is liposuction permanent? Is liposuction permanent? It is as long as you have to transfer the cells to a different area. Because if you don't transfer the cells, you get what I call catch fat. That's C-A-T-C-H, catch. That's compensatory adipotrophic cellular hypertrophy hypertrophy or hypertrophy, compensatory adipotrophic cellular hypertrophy. It's a mouthful, which is a fancy way of saying you will, and they always warned you about it. Your sister-in-law always said, if you get liposuction, it's just going to come back somewhere else. Well, right. guess what? Your sister-in-law is right because it is going to come back somewhere else. So you have to bank it somewhere that you like so it doesn't. And we have people that come back all the time and they catch fat. They have compensatory fat that expands in their inner thigh, outer thighs, their visceral fat, like we're saying before, their belly fat, because they didn't have the cells banked anywhere else. I see it all the time. Guys get it underneath their armpit. They have this liposuction, then they have come back with man boobs, because I'm telling you that Netflix carbs is gonna go somewhere. <laughs> so you got that torso, and then what about the third? What would, it, what would be the third most requested? Uh, Where it's a whole new wave of implants. So people that have either had uh, some kind of injury and they can't develop, they ripped out their biceps so they can't develop their bicep. We can put it in bicep implant. Poor guys that skipped <laughs> skip leg day. Oh. They didn't really skip leg day. They went, they, you have a, everyone's got a genetic gap and they reach a genetic wall. And a lot of times these guys are big, big muscly bodybuilders. They can't grow a chest. Ectomorphs, Skinny guys have a nice chest. They can't grow arms. They can't grow uh, shoulders. So what we do is we use implantation to help just create a little more harmony for those areas that they reach that genetic um, that genetic wall. And 99% of our guys, they're not like everyone thinks, oh, implants, you just make Ken dolls. 99% of our guys are guys that just have their one area. They're jacked in all their other areas, but they're just a little short in the calves or they're just a little short in the tri. Today I did triceps and a guy that was just missing that one little piece. And like when you do that tricep piece, that is essentially good for life? Yep. 
It's good for life. that thing. You're gonna be in your. You're gonna be six feet under, and the worms are gonna be crawling through your eyeball socket, and they're gonna be two calf implants <laughs> lying in the mud that Ooh. are gonna be in perfect shape. Wow. What's this daddy do over? This is this is funny. This is daddy do over. That's my take. I actually I actually have I ha actually have trademark. I trademark with the U.S. trademark office. Daddy do over. Uh, Torso tuck, body banking, and believe this, turn fat to fit. Nobody has ever trademarked that. No but anyway, I, I trademarked Daddy Dover. It's my take on the mommy makeover because, of course, there in the corner, everybody forgot about dear old dad. So what we do, that's exactly what we do for Daddy Dover. They're the guy, you know, it's like every, you know, they're every, that, every guy, the neighborhood guy where they start to get a little bit saggy in the neck. So what we do is we can do a neck lift or we can do submental liposuction. Uh, they get a little droopy in the eye. We can bring that up. Maybe work on their abs, get rid of that fat around the flanks, move it up to their shoulders. That's what a daddy do-over is. Just helping out good old dad. Hasn't he done Yeah, they, hey, you? that's how you get rid of the dad body. You go to Dr. Doug. You get Real rid of quick, the dad, the dad body. has gone. It's gone. How long like, does it take for somebody to recover from a surgery like this where you're doing the full body? How long does that take? Yeah. So what we do is after the procedure, uh, it's a process. You know, everything's a process. And that's why it's much more than liposuction. Oh, I'm going to suck this out. We're going to slap on this garment that's going to cause a bunch of lines on your stomach. And then you're going to come back with a big fat belly because nobody banked it. That's liposuction. So what we do is we have a process. So after you have the procedure, you're all covered up in a cocoon. We take that off three to five days. We look at it. Then we continue to mold things. You have to be on a high carb diet for 28 days because we want to make sure all those cells survive and we want to make sure that you minimize your rate of complication. That comes with a really good nutrition. And then you get back to the gym four to six weeks, depending on what you're doing. For some of the body banking, you can, even after I've done it, after two weeks, you can get back to the gym and do some areas. But for core thing and for, and for um, uh, cardio, that's more for four to six weeks. Oh, okay. I mean, not terribly long in the course of a lifetime. No, no, and everybody needs to do it. I have this great, um, you know, it, it, it's a great short video where uh, it's a bunch of guys like kind of out of weight, over obese guy. They just mark, they just march through the kind of like the car wash factory. <laughs> they come out the other side and they're like all body bank, man. It's like everybody <laughs> needs awesome. to do it. Yeah. Every 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 man needs to do it. Anywhere between thirty-five and seventy-five, everybody needs to reset their tissues. Yes, but again, there is a tremendous amount of stigma surrounding this specific area of practice, especially around the plastic surgery. So, you're talking yeah. about it, and it makes sense, and I and I understand you're passionate. But but what else are you doing to remove the stigma? Guess what? That whole thing, that whole stigma thing is going right into the toilet because everybody's talking about it. Everybody's on Instagram. Everybody, COVID happened. And you know what? After COVID, nobody really gives a damn what you think anymore. They don't, you've, Nate, you've noticed that. People don't give a damn what the neighbors think. They don't give a damn. All they care about is their family in their house, their parents. That's what they care about, you know? We do love each other, but we don't care about what other people think about us anymore. With mm. COVID, that's like all just gone away. 
people want to, you know, they realize life is short. They want to get the things that they want to do. They want to be as healthy. They want to get that COVID armor. They want to get their bodies in shape. So they're not overweight. We all know that's the thing that no one would talk about. COVID is being overweight is a risk factor for COVID. Nobody yes. would, you can't talk about it. That's body shaming, <laughs> but it's, a, but it's a known risk factor. So the whole stigma is going through the roof and we're opening in, in, in the South, in areas like Texas where, oh my God, a man would have plastic surgery. Hell yeah. You know, we're opening, we open in Chicago where people in Midwest, men don't have plastic surgery. Hell yeah, we do. You know, so everyone's doing it. People are talking about it. They just want to be healthy. They want to have on Instagram, everybody's got ripped, ripped abs. You know, people want to, people, people want to jumpstart back into, uh, back into their exercise routine. And they're not as, about as ashamed about it anymore. You did talk about this with Instagram movie superheroes and the evolving male aesthetic. Let's dig into that. What is that all about? Yeah. That all happened. Thank you, Marvel. Thank you, DC Comics. That all happened with the evolving. Look at the women. All the women with Kardashian, they evolved that way. Some of it okay, some of it not so okay. With with the, the American aesthetic for men has also evolved. And it's all been to do with Captain America, uh, with, with all the superheroes that you see, with Chris Hemsworth. You know, with these guys, you see with the chiseled jaw, the, that Thor look, men want that. And it's created an evolution of men toward the, those chiseled abs, a nice plate of pecs, some beautiful wide shoulders. That is increasingly, and also the, the competitive environment of Instagram. You used to like, you didn't see anybody on Facebook, you didn't see anyone on Instagram, and you after you finish. Uh, uh, high school, that was it. You didn't worry about anything until your 25th graduation reunion. <laughs> then you freak out six right. months before it. Now, every step away, people are looking back, they're watching each other, they're seeing how old their friends from high school are getting, and they don't want to be that person. So they're, they're thinking about it. They're also health. They just want to stay healthier for their family, and they want to stay healthier for themselves. Absolutely. And piggybacking off of that, so Instagram has clearly helped your business. I mean, you're saying oh, yeah. people, it's the comparison world. Look at that person. Look at that person. Look at that. I want to look like, I want to look better than that. You know, yeah. and I want to, I want, I want a little, use a little boost to get me there. That's where there's, they come to you. Uh, there's this, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I assume the pandemic, you talk about COVID. That has probably, you've probably seen business booming since then. Cause people are like, holy shit, life is short. I don't have enough time. COVID Why am boom. I sitting around waiting and, and wanting to do this for the last five years? Just do it now. Right. COVID yeah. boom. Absolutely. With COVID, it was a perfect storm. Three things. Number one was exactly like that. I don't care what people think anymore. Life is short. Second thing was uh, I got a little extra money hanging around. I'm not going to restaurants. I'm not going on cruises. Uh, so I got a little bit of money. And the third thing was the Zoom, the Zoom, the, the Zoom doom. And then created a Zoom boom for us where people, they, nobody liked the way they looked on Zoom. So that that helped us. And then the last thing was, is like, oh, I could put on my glass, I could do a blepharoplasty, put on my glasses, nobody will know. Underneath here, no one can see, like, I'm fully, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm fully uh, all decked out in my uh, liposuction suit. Uh, no one can see me, ha, 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 the bosses can't see me, I can get away with this stuff. So all those things, but mainly it's the I want to do what I want thing. Uh, that's really, really the main thing about it. And the other thing that you're talking about Instagram, there's this great, everybody's putting everything on Instagram. You can't go to the gym without being on Instagram. I 
saw this great meme where like the man's uh, in the court and the, and the judge is saying, yeah, you're guilty. You're guilty. You have no alibi. You said you were at the gym, but there is nothing on Instagram with a video flexing in front of the mirror. So you must have <laughs> killed your wife. You know, it's like we put everything on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, there is something about this, if I'm being completely candid, that makes me still uncomfortable. I'm not certain I would be in <laughs> the mindset to come to see you, doctor, and say, hey, I'm ready for the daddy do over. Or I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm in fairly decent shape. I mean, I, I don't look like a, a Chris Hemsworth or a superhero by any stretch, but yep. I'm in fairly decent shape. I try to take care of myself. I try to eat okay. Um, it's just for me the mentality. I, I don't know. It's a it's it's hard for me to understand how to, how mm -hmm. how to get there. I, I assume it's just different for everybody, different based upon where they're at in their moment in time. It's moment in time, and I've had people just like you say, "I would never have plastic surgery," and then they're in my five years later, they're in my office sitting in the chair. Say, the daddy that time when, yeah, remember that time we were in East Camp and you had a couple of drinks and you're saying you, you were talking about plastic surgery and you were the one over there saying that I'd never have plastic surgery and you're sitting here and it's like, oh yeah, I'm sorry that I said that. Yeah, it's great that you said you're sorry now. <laughs> right. Why don't you go back in five years in time and apologize to me when you're well, sitting I at assume the table it's like one of those saying that you'd once... never have it? And I'm you're sorry. Nate, you're gonna do the same thing. Well, I was going to say, I assume it's one of those things that once you do it, you realize, oh, okay, that wasn't so bad, right? It's kind of that that thought. It's almost like getting a tattoo. I, for the longest time, I didn't want to get one. I got one, then I realized I need more. It's like kind of <laughs> one of those, you know, it's like one of those things. And I yeah. see how that's do, – do a lot of your – how many of your patients uh, ask for Botox? Is it a pretty large percentage? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's because they just don't want those big, bad crinkles, you know, across the top of the forehead. Uh and a lot of times they'll have another procedure and if the you know if there isn't harmony then it's not going to look right so yeah we have a lot of people that request it um but the thing is one of the things i want to get back to what you're saying is don't number one don't assume that right now even though you're not going to have it that you may not have it later that's number one and number two because you will get to that you know what, what where did this come from and all in combination it crosses <laughs> this is like I don't give a hoot. And this arc is where did this thing come from? And right there where they intersect, you're in my office. That's number one. And the other thing, don't make the assumption that once you have it, you're going to be an addict. Most of my men, and this is what I love. They're like, great doc. Thanks a lot. I don't have to worry about it. You know, my husband divorcing me, you know, all with the men, it's a little bit diff different than women. A lot of times, I don't want to be sexist. I love all women and everything, but a lot of times women, Women are trained socially to worry about what other people think. And they're worried, like, if I don't get this, I'm going to lose my job. My husband's going to leave me. My boyfriend's going to cheat on me. All this kind of ugh. men are like, hey, I got this thing here. I don't want it. Thanks, Doc. You did it. I'm going back to my work. I'm going back to my job. Okay. Without being sexist, that's what we tend to see with men's plastic surgery. And you'll get there where you'll have this stubborn thing. But the, what I I'm saying is, I might already be there, Doc. Assume, I might be a little stubborn. I have some stubborn areas, but don't <laughs> don't know. assume that if you have one little thing that you're going to turn in a junkie. Right. Most I of them don't. What you're they go you're, right back to the. You're saying right back for to the gym. Vast, vast majority of your patients. It's, hey, doc, I'm here. It's a transaction. Thanks a lot. It's been great meeting you. Absolutely. With you. And, and they look like you. you. They yeah. look like you. Yep. Gotcha. Thanks, doc. Going back to work. Bye. Yeah. 
Yeah, that makes sense. You talk about confidence before we get close to finishing up here. Uh, confidence yep. affecting your business and life and becoming an authority in your own field and setting your own prices. What, what's what's all that about? What's that part of your mission? So I read this special book that a lot of people read um, called my, you know, Blue Ocean Principles, Blue Ocean Philosophy. And it's about picking an area that no one has really explored. And then you can you can set your parameters. You can really do a lot. And for me, it was men's aesthetic plastic surgery. So right now for women, we're like kind of in where are we 2022. For men's aesthetic surgery, we're kind of in like 1959. There's so much to be done. There's so many techniques that no one's even explored or done. And I'm like doing, I'm like racing to, uh, to try and innovate more and do do more and more things and it's been the wild wild west in a good way you know a lot of fun and excitement but also we've been able to kind of set our price point in a different area because we're not just there are 12,000 you know 11,999 surgeons that operate on women there's one surgeon in the United States do the math that basically operates on men I do do women but I tell them to keep it quiet keep it quiet um, but it's mainly men. That's what that's what our that's what uh, that's who we go out to. That's who we preach to. So uh, that's been able allow us. That's been my blue ocean. And also learning about this, I said I'm not just gonna like you know talk to talk. I'm gonna walk the walk. So I made a textbook with I edited a textbook with 68 68 other authors. Or all I put all my authors right on the cover. All the names are right on the cover. So this is like, that's not a thin book. This yeah, is like showing, a real textbook. If you're watching the video, you see that's a thick book with a hard cover on it. Yeah, and it's all it's all only men's aesthetic surgery. So like, I'm serious about it. I want to teach the next generation of aesthetic plastic surgeries. And I also, I was so into it. I went out and I bought a... a, a I bought a, a implant company because I think that this is the new, you know, people have to think about this for reconstruction or for when you hit your genetic wall. And so that's also a part of the whole thing. I think the doctors can be entrepreneurs if they have good ideas. They can be some very, they can help move technology and create a better world through creating products and services that can help people. So there's a little bit of that as well. Interesting. And what about setting prices real quick for anyone in business when you have when you have leverage, when you bring a real value, when you bring a real niche and something unique. This is what, when you create a brand and when someone is asking for something that you've created, particularly intellectual property for something that you've patented or trademarked, that's it. You can set your own price point because you finally created a value. You feel like you have the value you created. You put this time into, you created a new technique but when you have a name that no one else has and no one else can get, that's when you have the power. And when you put it on, we put it on our entry form, they come in asking for a torso tech, asking for body banking, because nobody else out there in the United States can say that they do it. Uh, that's where you have the power and that's where that can help as an entrepreneur, as a business person, that's where you can barely set your price point where you think you're actually going to get something that you deserve because you're not competing with all the other guys doing the same mommy makeover. That's beautiful. Beautiful advice. Hey, uh, man, this is really fascinating stuff. I was really looking forward to talking to you. I know we've had it set up for a little while. This is really neat. For people that want to learn more about your practice, where should they find you online? 
Easiest thing is go to your Instagram right now and just type in male plastic surgery, all one word. That's where you're going to find us. And then you can find us on our website. We have three different, I, I, I bought maleplasticsurgery.com. So that's our national website. And then you can find us in the New York, LA, LA and Chicago separate websites as well. Perfect. And on and we'll, Facebram. And we'll uh, link you up in the show notes and all those different areas. Dr. Doug, uh, really appreciate the insight turning males into alpha males, at least on the exterior. We got it. Nate, we'll see you in the office next month. <laughs> Take care, man. All right, buddy. Thanks so much. Thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of the Optimal Life Podcast. If you haven't yet, please subscribe and follow the podcast wherever you're listening. And you could also leave a review. Apple Podcasts, of course. You could leave reviews and ratings. Spotify, you could leave reviews and ratings and several and many other podcast apps. Wherever you may be listening, please tell a friend, tell a family member, let them know about the podcast, and we will see you next time.